0: I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Dime Stories. Stories. What episode are we on? Blah, 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 blah. Wouldn't you like to know? I would. That's why I asked. Uh, 44. 44. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. 44. 44. Okay. I know. Nice. We're Welcome
1: to episode 44. 6 away from the big 50. Yeah, we are. And we we got to are... finish our Patreon plans. We're 2,000 listens away from 10,000 listens since we Y'all. started. So, you guys really that's need to get huge. on that cuz like that's real low. Y'all. I've been following some other Twitter pod like other podcasts on Twitter and they all have way more listens and I really don't know why people are slacking. Don't you love us are to bring off. your friends in. Right? Don't, don't you lo- tell your friends? Tell your friends, family tell your enemies tell your teachers come on you kids that we met at uh the convention we what are you doing that, you
0: know we taught children you we, should you should tell your friends at least our w- shit.
1: one of y'all listened <laughs> we know you did you know
0: you did we were like listen to the first episode and he's like i listened to most recent one where we talked about gaping right and we were like don't listen to that and he's he like guess like what I, I, did. I listened play it for everybody on the bus are you Get listening out. are you still listening hey thanks for still being a fan <laughs> tell your friends tell your friends yeah um. Yeah, Stephanie, you got anything new this week? Anything new this week? Yes. I mean, new this week. <laughs> I mean, there's just you mean like am I plugging stuff or I mean, like yeah, new in my life? I or... mean, either or.
1: I, mean... I don't have it. I don't. I'm so sorry. I don't have a poop story for you this week. <sighs> Girl. I've been telling everyone that backstage story though. Uh, everyone who will listen. Every one of my poops is its own story. I don't need. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> every poop tells the story of me. It does. All and what I ate.
0: Tell a story. And that story is, whew, girl. You that, should that fix was, your diet. That was, score. <laughs> that was scary, girl. Why'd you go to Taco Bell? <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of Taco Bell. Speaking of butts and oh, plugs. Okay. I want to. <laughs> so we have improv night is coming up on March 30th. She was just here. Thir... It's a Saturday, right? Hey, Mary Angela. When is improv night? Thirty first. She's is she like, coming? Oh, come to the door.
1: <laughs> is she Do here? It sounds like
0: somebody's coming to the door.
1: We're gonna take a quick break while Mary Angela comes to Le- answer this question. Le-le-le.
0: Improv night. It's gonna be March thirtieth at Allen's okay, Lane March 30th. here in Philadelphia. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure how to get tickets online, but you know what? Check this episode for details because Greg gave me a good idea, which is that I should be putting our ticket, my ticket link for my show in the episode descriptions. Yeah. Hello. So I have my one-woman show coming up, and that is April 5th right here in Philadelphia at the Rotunda. It's called Bad Sex and Other Problematic Analogies, written and starring me. Who? May. <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> May. Uh, it's at the Redonda. Um, its tickets are $15. You can get them at uh, badsex.brownpapertickets.com or you can just look for that link in the episode description and get your tickets there. And I'm really excited that. Greg, so shout out to Greg of SoCal Stories. Hi, Greg. Uh, hi Greg. Greg is who gave me that idea. And I was like, oh my god, that's brilliant. So yeah, you don't even have to go look for it. It's just in the episode description. Done. And yeah, it's right there. So I hope you come see it if you live in Philly and some cool people are gonna be there. I'm gonna be there, Sarah's gonna be there, Mary Angel's gonna be there, Colleen's gonna be there, Teresa's not gonna be Teresa's there. Not but going only because she's getting married the next day. Whatever so I excuses, understand. Excuses excuses. So Val's gonna be there. Um who else is a guest on this show? I hope Josh will be there, but I don't. I don't expect Josh to be there, but that'd be cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So come meet some of your favorite dead time stories personalities. Is Jerry going to be there? I think. I think so. I think Jared's going to be there. Jared, Jared going to be there. I hope so. I
1: hope Jared's going to be there. Email us again because I know that makes you feel like an adult. He made a post, I think it was on Twitter where he said emailing all day makes him feel like an adult. And we were one of those emails. Well, guess what, Jared? You're gonna get tired of that shit real, real fast. fast. Real fast. Real you fast. Know, so
0: same with like paying bills. It gets old. But then spending money on things that you want for yourself is like way more exciting. But it's then very, the guilt thrilling. that comes afterwards. But the gets guilt is old. also it's a, it's a way heavier shame and uh Whew. Yeah.
1: Speaking of shame and guilt, Stephanie Y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about some ghosts?
0: That is actually the perfect segue. Um, are if, you talking if, about a ghost that's full of shame and I'm guilt? I'm not talking about a ghost, but I'm talking about a shameful story of guilt. So I assume that you've heard about it, but because now there's going to be a movie coming out on Hulu. But are <gasps> you familiar yes. with the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm talking about the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard. Sarah. Are you familiar? (laughs) No, Stephanie. Well. So I'm talking about the murder of D.D. D. Blander today, um, and it is wholly fascinating, and it was a big deal when it happened, and people were all over the place talking about it. It was everywhere, and then HBO made a documentary about it, and now there is a movie coming out called The Act. It's coming to Hulu, starring Patricia Arquette and Joey King, and Chloe Sevigny is there, Um, but she's there. She's there. Um, and it is about this family, this mother and daughter that's Dee Dee Blanchard and her daughter, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So, what everybody knew about Dee Dee and okay. Gypsy Rose is that so Gypsy Rose was a kid who had all sorts of diseases, right? So she had like muscular dystrophy, she had leukemia, she had like gastral problems. She was um, she was in a wheelchair. She had all sorts of things going on. Um, and Dee Dee was her mom, and they were the bestest of friends, and they were originally from louisiana but they were uh katrina victims there they lost their home and they moved to um oh my god how am i forgetting what state missouri did i put my phone my phone's over there i can't look it up it doesn't matter they moved to the midwest <laughs> and i mean because they were this you know single mother handicapped daughter family they got all sorts of stuff gifted to them all sorts of charity they got a home from um houses for humanity they did uh all, they got all sorts of stuff right so based on her diseases they got all sorts of free trips um all sorts of shit like that So, and they went everywhere together, did all sorts of interviews, and Gypsy was always just really, like, she was just really bright and really bubbly and really sweet, and um, her and her mom just were best, best friends. So, um, horrible attack happens, and Dee Dee is found dead, and Gypsy goes missing, and... The neighbors were like, oh, my God, you know, this woman took care of her handicapped daughter. She was all by herself, and that daughter's gone, and the wheelchair is still at the house. Like, what horrible person would do this, and what they do to Gypsy? Like, what's going to happen? And the police were alerted by the neighbors when they shared a Facebook page, and the, what alerted the police was they had a Facebook page that just said, that bitch is dead. And then people were like, what's going on? Like, asking all these comments, and... um you know sensitive material y'all so then there was a comment that said i slashed that fat pig's throat and i raped her sweet little daughter and her screams were so amazing and it was really fantastic like yeah right so really fucked up shit so then everybody was like really terrified like what happened to gypsy what happened to gypsy so they traced the ip address of where that facebook came and post came from And a couple hours away, they found a guy named Nicholas Goderjohn, and with him was Gypsy, but Gypsy was walking, and she didn't have her wheelchair. Oh, shit. So that was already weird, right? So they, you know, brought them both in and started asking them questions, and um, a lot of weird shit came up, y'all. So Gypsy, it turned out, had asked Nicholas to murder her mother. She met him online. He was like her boyfriend. And it turns out that Gypsy was not sick, but she was a victim of her mother having Munchausen by proxy, Um, which is so like Munchausen is when you you fake being ill. You make yourself sick and take things for the attention and like the sympathy And then Munchausen by proxy is when someone does that to, like, a child or someone who's in their care so that they get the sympathy of, like, someone who takes care of that person. Um, So, and Gypsy didn't know that she wasn't sick. She knew that she could walk, but she didn't know that none of the other stuff was real. And, like, her hair wasn't falling out from chemo. Her mom was shaving her head and telling people that she was taking her through chemo. And then most of the issues she was having with like her vision and her stomach and like she her teeth was fall were fucking falling out or because she was taking all these medications for diseases she didn't have like it was an epilepsy medication yeah. that made all her teeth fall out and she had just grown up with her mom saying she had all these problems so she just assumed that that was true like she didn't realize that wasn't true She, and as far as the abuse goes, like, she just knew, like, she wasn't allowed, she wasn't really, like, allowed to go anywhere without her mom. She wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. She wasn't allowed to do anything. Her mom had lied to her about her own age. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't know how old she was. Her mom had been lying about how old she was and changed and, like, made multiple fake birth certificates, like, making her younger and younger. So, like, she thought she was 19, but she was actually 22 at the time, but she didn't know that. And, God,
1: just there's I was, there's you, so much. I was like,
0: "Yeah, are you going to talk about the dad?" Yes, I was going to okay. God. So the dad, the dad was and wasn't involved in the life. So, the dad, the mom got pregnant because when they interviewed people in the family, like her family, Didi. Even before she had Gypsy, Dee Dee was always, like, swindling people. Yeah. And she had tried to poison her stepmom. Like, she was living with her dad and her stepmom for a while, and she was the one making all the food, and her stepmom was getting sick, and they, like, they said something to her about it. Like, they confronted her about it, and then she moved out, and the stepmom got better. What did she say when they confronted her? Like, I don't know. She's like, "How how would you ever accuse me of that? Why would I ever do something like that? I can't believe you would even say that to me. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Let me just grab my poison pills. (laughs) And then she got better. It was Roundup. She was putting Roundup like the weed killer in her stepmother's food. So Some old school shit, too. So she was always like, she always was somebody who was like trying to take advantage and do terrible things like that. And honestly, when she died, most of her family was like, yeah, she had it coming. Like, she deserved it. Like, she put that child through hell. She was a terrible person. And so anyway, so Dee Dee got pregnant when she was 24 by um, Rod Blanchard, who was 17 at the time. And then they were briefly married, but because she was pregnant, but then he ended up leaving her before Gypsy was even born because, because he, was he was like, was this 17. He's like, I'm 17. You're 24. Like, we shouldn't be doing it. We should be getting married. Like, I don't know what happened. So she kept moving further and further away. So they weren't together when she started saying that there were all these problems with Gypsy. So he never really got to see her without Dee Dee being there. Um, Like, he never saw her, like, unchaperoned. And he sent them money. But um, he sent them um, child support. But she always told Gypsy that they weren't getting any money from her dad. And that her father was an alcoholic. And, like, that was why they didn't see him anymore. Because he was super abusive. And he would send her like gifts and stuff. And her mom would always say that it was from her. Like she wouldn't say that Ugh. it came from her dad. um' Someone's
1: so fucked up.
0: One of the things is he said that he called on her 18th birthday to wish her a happy 18th birthday. And her mom told him like, you can't say that she doesn't know she's 18. And he was like, what do you, what do you mean? She doesn't know. He's, she's like, no, like because she's, cause she's mentally disabled, which wasn't true. Mm-mm. But he was like, because she's mentally disabled, she thinks that she's 14. But that was true. Like, she thought she was 14 because her mom told her she was 14, not because there was something wrong with her. God, four whole
1: years, right. too. It's not like two years. It's four <laughs> years. The difference between a 14-year-old and an 18-year-old is right. a big a difference. Um, so one of the many
0: things is when she was talking to Nicholas, who he is somewhere, like, on the spectrum, and he's also, like... He had, like, a, I think they said he had an IQ of, like, 86. Like, he wasn't incredibly intelligent, right? But when she was talking to him, he told her, and I'm like, it just always puts such a a bad look on the rest of us. He told her that he was really into BDSM, (laughs) and she didn't know what that was. And so, of course, he, like, explained it to her. And then he said that he had, like, multiple personalities, So she came up with, like, other personalities to because he wanted his other personalities to have girlfriends. So there was Kitty, who was, like, the little girl. And she has pictures. Like, you can see these pictures. Yeah, there's Kitty, who's, like, the little girl. Candy, who has, like, a rainbow. They're all different, like, wigs and stuff. And Candy's, like, the slutty one. And then Ruby is, like, the naughty vixen. (laughs) Like,
1: <laughs> and this is all, like, behind her mom's back. Right, like, this was all internet. just online, yeah, yeah, on the
0: computer. Um, so she said she tried to run away one time. Um, she went to a convention, like a sci-fi convention, where she got to go, like, in cosplay. So, like, she didn't really stand out, even in her wheelchair. Like, people didn't really notice her as different because everybody there is different, right? Mm -hmm. And she met someone there and she went to a hotel room with him and she was going to go away. And her mom came and, like, found her and told him that, like, she's not, she's a child, she's 17, like, you're going to get arrested, which none of that was true. Yeah. And took her back home. And she said that her mother had, uh, like, handcuffed her and put her on, like, put the handcuffs on a leash to the bed for two weeks and made her stay locked up in the bed. Um, There was a time that, like, police came to talk to her mom um, because somebody had said something to the police, um, but they didn't do anything for her, which is why she felt like her only option to get out was to kill her mom. Yeah. Like, and her mom... Um, when she ran away with, like, the person she had talked to on the computer initially, um, her mom, like, came in and smashed the computer with a hammer and told her that if she did it again, she was going to smash her fingers with the hammer. Yep. Like, some fucked up shit. Yeah. So, ultimately, all this stuff came out. Um, and when she was being tried, originally, they were seeking that this could have been anywhere from life to the death penalty Um, for, for murder one. And after everything came out that, like, what she had been through and what her mom put her through, they took it to murder, too, and they let her take a 10-year plea bargain. And a lot of people were like, even that is too much because she was in 20 years of prison with her mother. Um, And she, you know, she says that she's sad that her mother is dead. She didn't wish her mother was dead. She just wished to escape. Like, she just wished to get out of where she was. And at least now, like, she's not malnourished. She has a full head of hair. Yeah, she looks totally different. She's, like, she says she has friends. Like, she has a life, even in prison, that she never had before. And a lot of people are like, she shouldn't be in prison. If anything, she should be getting, like, mental help. People worry about how she's going to be as a person because all she's ever known her whole life is how to manipulate people. Yeah. And what kind of... How is she going to know any different to interact with people yeah. other than to like lie and manipulate?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I hope that that's not the case. Honestly, I've been Googling <laughs> how to write to her because I'm curious. I would love to, I've never wanted to write to a prisoner before, but I'm yeah. like, I would really like to write to her and just be like, yo, girl, like, what is up?
1: Right. Um, <laughs> and she'll be like, send me five dollars and I'll tell you. Right. <laughs> Gets a lot of
0: candy bars. Here's my Venmo
1: account. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put it in my canteen, girl. Right. <laughs> um, But yeah, so there is a documentary about it on HBO called Mommy, Dead and Dearest. And then there is the movie I mentioned earlier, The Act, coming to Hulu on March 20th. Yeah, ab- sometime
1: soon. I'm like,
0: when does this episode come out?
1: This will come out on the 18, 19, 21st. Today! Yeah, it came out last night it on Hulu. Came out today? Okay. <laughs>
0: Yay. Yeah, so check that shit out. Um, Shameless plug. Sh- yeah, so it was really good. Sarah, any questions? David S. Pumpkins?
1: No, I don't have any questions. Yeah. Just because this, yeah, I was like, this is one. I remember when I was researching it, just it... Being, like, even though she's in prison, she's so much happier. Like, yeah. she just seems like a completely happier person. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's like, I'm sorry my mom's dead. Like, I'm sorry. Look what you made me do. Like, but I Look had to get out of this. <laughs> Look what <laughs> you made me do. Um, yeah, and her
0: dad and her stepmom are in contact with her now. Yeah. And they've been, you know, taking over and she's who they're going to be with. Uh, who she, that's, that's who really she's going nice. to be with when she gets out. Her stepmother has really been trying to, like, really connect and, like, give her, like, a much better, like, motherly figure that she can talk to and be, you know, supported yeah. and cared for by. But, yeah. but she's also going to take all the knives out of the house, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> just <Yeah>. in case.
0: <laughs> there are also some much more, like, salacious details that are just real rough that I'm not going to get too much into. But uh, you will hear about them
1: watch the show watch, watch, the, the, watch the movie let's watch
0: the watch the movie let's see what happens what ha- happened was
1: what ha- happened was she wasn't sick
0: so she killed her mom well she got him to kill her mom that's right but but, but yeah. he but she let him in and she, she gave let him the gloves in. and the knife and she, and she, and she hid like, in the bathroom while it happened and then they went and went to a hotel and ate brownies in bed and had sex and she never felt more free because i sure had a nice time and she was free right <laughs>
1: All right. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? I'm bringing up a good old-fashioned ghost story. Get it, bish. Yes. Um, So this is what I'm really excited about. And this is a story that is from Salem, Massachusetts. Ooh, so, of course, it's going to have... Witch so, town. Y'all, it's going to have something to do with them witches. Mm. Um So, what I'm talking about today is what's known as the Joshua Ward House. Ooh. Have you heard of that at I all? I have not. It's been in a few uh, episodes of some podcasts. So, a little bit of history on the house. This home was built in the mid-1780s for retired Sea Captain Joshua Ward. Mm-hmm. He a seaman. He was a seaman, and that seaman made a home, and maybe filled it with children. Mm. Um, using his semen, semen. His semen, semen, or his using the semen of a seaman. Hmm, that sounds like a song. I'm the semen of a seaman. I'm looking for that egg. I'm a seaman of a seaman. Will he be I... a seaman? If a it's semen just if it's semen. just one one if it's one semen. <laughs> that's what i'm confused about oh i'm the semen of a semen yeah all right fine that makes more sense to me i guess right, so we're the semen of a semen it's all in unison are they plural oh god well isn't there oh fuck so then you have this house so this house this is like when we got off track on the abortions, abortions. i know don't bring it up again every time i talk about a house no abortions happen abortion in this man. house no, okay on, i'm no, sorry i'm go sorry go. all right so this house is their is... in-house semen Go that on. then had to, he was fired and the abortion house man was called. <laughs> Thank God the abortion man makes house calls. All right. So this home. Uh, dun, it's, dun,
0: dun. Hey, abortion man. Sorry. <laughs>
1: hey, it's your local. What if it was like. The like like Kate man, but hey, abortion man. But it's like a singing tell I, I am you're your abortion, abortion man. man. <laughs> we got to stop. So he had this house. <laughs> I'm not even to the second sentence in my notes. It's right off of, this home is right off the main downtown square of Salem, um, and it was a very large, very exquisite for the time mansion. Mm. Um, And its claim to fame was that in 1789, while President George Washington was traveling through the country, he stayed in this house while he was there. So that's what makes it fancy. But the home was built on top of the property and remains of another home that was built A hundred years before um, and then was demolished. And this home was built in the mid 1600s and it belonged to Sheriff George Corwin in the 1680s. And he was the last person to own the house. And George Corwin was the sheriff of Salem during the Salem witch trials. Fun fact, he's not a likable guy.
0: Right. We don't like him. Anyone who's Um, a judge during the Salem Witch Trials is probably a fucking piece of shit. And
1: he's the goddamn sheriff. Yeah. Um, So 19 men and women were executed by Corwin during the Salem witch trials. And that's how many were executed. Yeah. Um, And he was rumored personally to be a sadist. It was rumored that he would torture the accused in efforts to get their confession. And it is known that his most popular torture method was to tie a prisoner's neck to their ankles so that they're like inverted and keep them there so long until their nose and ears began to bleed. Oh
0: my God. And their
1: eyes would bulge. He fondly became known as the strangler because of his inclination to strangle or choke people um, and although there is no evidence to support this, it has been told that Corwin would sneak certain accused prisoners out of the jail where he would torture them this way at the jail. He would sneak them out of the jail, take them back to this house, put them in the basement where he could just really get in there and really torture them. Jesus Christ. Uh, and, uh, it's of course rumored that he took them there and he killed them and then just like got rid of them. And that happened to some of them. But the witch trials happened from 1692 to sixteen 16- 1693. It was that year long period. And then in 1696, George Corwin suffered a heart attack and died at age 30. So we'll get back to that in just a minute. But I'm like 30. He was murdering all of these witches when he was in his, his 20s. 20s. His, or, Can you imagine being a grown ass man or woman and you've got like a 24 year old being like, you're a witch. I'm the sheriff. And you're like, you fucking entitled white piece of shit. Anyways. I can't
0: even make money doing Minecraft, And this son of a bitch made a whole living in his 20s out of killing witches, killing witches. That's it. weren't even really witches,
1: most of them. Well, at least you made it—he didn't make it past 30, had a heart attack and died.
0: Yeah, because he was a fucking piece of shit.
1: Yeah. Um, So due to his reputation and his murdering of innocent people, when he died, people were like—one guy went so far as to he was one of the accused who didn't get killed, and when the witch trials—when the witch hunt, like, died down— Um, he sued Corwin and was like, yeah, no, fuck you. I wasn't guilty. So when Corwin died, he still had a lien on Corwin being like, you owe me this much money. So his family was like, we can't bury his body. They're going to desecrate his body. Like, we can't bury him. We've got to do something with his body, but we can't let it leave here or else people are going to fuck up his body. So they put him in the basement of the house and... They said that, like, a decade later, when things had died down, they moved his body, but there's also rumors that, like, his body is still buried under the floor in that basement that is now the basement of the Joshua Ward house, because that's where that stands. Fuck. Um, So he died at 30, and then he couldn't even be buried for, like, another 10 years, so fuck him. He was a shitty dude. I hope
0: he never got a proper burial. I hope he's still buried under that house. I hope hope somebody peed on him. I
1: hope they went to go give him a proper burial and then, like, the dog ran in and took his femur and, like, ran off. And then another dog ran in and took took another one. And so, like, he's just scattered in pieces. And they're like, oh, fine. Just take his head. We'll bury his head. So there's, like, an arm still in the basement and there's a femur out in the backyard. And he's just scattered all around. Who knows? That's that's my hypothesis. But anyways, enough about that guy. Let's get on to the ghosts. So there are three ghosts that are uh, said to be haunting the house. And the most famous is the Lady in Black. So the story about the Lady in Black. After the home was like a house for Joshua Ward, uh, it then turned into, you know, a few more people lived in it, families, and then it ended up getting turned into offices and so part of it was like a realty office another part was something else um so a lot of our accounts of ghostly activity come from employees who work there and then people who went in and did like paranormal searches there after employees who worked there were like shit's going on and they were like oh yeah this is a historical spot so employees who've worked there have reported hearing footsteps Cold spots, feeling like you're being watched. Like some, they say that it feels like someone is like glaring at their face. You know how you can feel it when someone's, they feel that and they're alone in the house. Um, Feeling like they're not alone when they're alone in the house and getting headaches and nausea. It's like your typical ghost shit where you're like, this place ain't right. Employees who would work alone after hours would be working either on their computer or on a book or something and they would get that feeling of being watched and then they report seeing like movement from the corner of their eye whether it be down a hallway or like off into a room and they'll look that way and they'll see a figure pass by but it'll go so fast that they're just like startled, and so when they shake it off and they go back to what they're doing, they'll turn back to the book or the computer or whatever, and apparently the lady in black is right there in their face when they turn around. Ugh. I know, like some fucking right out of a horror movie shit. Love that. When I was reading that and then hearing about that on another podcast, I got chills. Love I just that. imagined like a creepy minor chord. Love that like, oh, right? what was that shadow? Turn back around. Bent neck lady Oh stop She doesn't have Oh my god No she doesn't have A bent neck
0: What well, if she did though
1: I would pee myself And shit myself you All at once You not need To have a bent
0: neck you, If that lady Was in your face It doesn't matter Bent neck No bent neck
1: They would have write a post saying Who took a poop On the Joshua Ward house floor And I would have <laughs> said It was me Sarah I pooped on the floor Of the Joshua Ward house <laughs> I, I will never early. Work there again Good luck catching me Nerds mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, she's a bitch in nineteen eighty <laughs> in nineteen eighty um the property was bought by a Richard Carlson, and uh, one area was turned into the offices for a realty company. He reports that the burglar alarm that they had put on the property would go off for no reason. Oh, of it course. would just spontaneously oh, of go course. off in the middle of the night and he says at one point um it went off over two hundred times in one year fuck that 200 times can you imagine being the person having to get up and be like that fucking burglar alarm's going off and you're like I know it's the ghost but what if it's that one time when it's not a ghost and I let it go and it's a burglar
0: this time hopefully the
1: lady in black gets him if it's a burglar let her do her job
0: Fucking, she's she's here all the time.
1: She won't All go the anywhere. time. She
0: can fucking be useful for once and scare right. off the burglar. She gets
1: in my face. Can she get in your face? Thank you. At one point, Richard Carlson, the property owner, says he was sitting in his office and he was searching for a form that one of the customers needed and he could not find it anywhere. When all of a and sudden... She took it. She took it. But I guess she's not the worst because he said he saw the storage door, the storage room door open it, open, and that... Piece of paper that he was looking for floated out and landed in front of him on the desk. That's what he says.
0: I'm sure that's what he said. I don't know if I believe it. That's so Were much. you there? No, I
1: wasn't there. Well, Richard says that that's how it happened, well, and then he found the form. He's a dick. All right. Well, listen. His name is Richard. Here's an all right. I got some more proof for you then. If you if you're not into that, so give it to me, Avril. So in 1981, this is real proof. All right, listen. I'm not. I'm not Melissa over here. Shirt. I'm Sarah. Shirt. That was my favorite one. I know. I (laughs) did. Like that is such substantial evidence. That was my favorite too. Right. New Avril doesn't wear shirts. That's how we know it's not really Avril.
0: Shirt? Question mark. Shirt.
1: Um, Okay, so in 1981, when the realty company was taking pictures, they were going out, they were taking, like, promo pictures, headshots of the staff and stuff. So they were taking pictures, and the photographer went to take a picture. Hold on. So the photographer went to take a picture of this woman, but she didn't show up in the picture. And in the background behind her, instead, he saw the image of a woman. In a long, like, black, dark dress with a pale but nondescript face. But the biggest thing known about her was she had, like, crazy black hair. Almost like a stereotypical, like, if you think of a witch, like, this is what you're thinking of. And he caught a picture of it. And it's the most notable. It's one of the most notable images of ghost photography. If you search it, Google search it, talk to people. Some people think that it's a complete fake. Some people totally stand by this. When I see the picture, I get chills. Um, So here is the lady in black at the Joshua Ward house.
0: Oh, fuck that lady. Right? Can't see it. Yeah. I see her
1: face. Her face is fucking trippy. It looks. It looks almost like she was moving it side to side, so it's kind of blurry, but you can kind of make out, like, eyes and a nose and a mouth. I can, and it looks like she's either, like, disfigured,
0: or she's, like, screaming and smiling at the same time, like it's double It's Like a
1: shrieking woman Stop. that we hate. And then imagine being stuck there alone by yourself. You no, see a shadow, you turn wanna, around, and she's, she's and she's in your face. She's in your face, and she's like,
0: ha. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Her. <laughs> Take
0: your service before I smash it. Please she's don't so this scary. Is my scary. I know.
1: So if you just She's scary. I don't like her. She is scary. So they say that um George she's the victim of George Corwin, one of the ones that he took down to his basement and killed. Gave that bitch a Chelsea smile. <sighs> You mean a Glasgow smile? Mm, That's (sighs) the Black Dahlia. That's another day. So that's a really great picture. If you guys go and just Google, honest to God, you Google Joshua Wardhouse ghost, Joshua Wardhouse witch, you're going to pull up this picture, and it's creepy as hell. But another little story that goes along with that, before they were taking the picture, the photographer's assistant says that he glanced down a hall of where they were standing and looked into a room, and he saw... This woman sitting, he said he remembered because of the crazy hair, he saw her sitting in a chair in a gray long dress that went to the floor, except she did not have her ankles, like her calves dissolved before they reached her ankles and he said as he was he said he looked away from it you know like you're like what the fuck look away and look back again and when he looked back again he could see her just dissolving away it wasn't like she was gone it wasn't like she was quickly like vanishing like he was seeing her like slowly dissolve away Um, and then she had her five minutes of fame and took that picture
0: Damn.
1: So that's, um, that's the ghost of the lady in black, and she's one of the most notable ones that you will find at the Joshua Ward house. They do say they hear women shrieking, but, Aww. you know, they always say they hear shrieking women. We have a lot to shriek about. So it's also said that the sheriff, good old Sheriff Corwin, is a ghost hanging around the house as well. Um, They'll come back and they'll find trash cans overturned. They'll say that certain rooms, like they'll go out, the maids will have just come in, people will leave, they'll go back and the rooms will be trashed like the maids and the cleaning crew never came in and fixed it. Um, They say that books will fly off the shelves and cold spots, of course. A big thing with the sheriff is that people will say they'll see him, an old man, sitting in a rocking chair by the fireplace. But when you do a double take, both the dude and the chair are gone. They're not dissolving. They're just gone. So they'll look in and they'll see, like, this old man sitting in a chair. And they'll look away and they'll look back and he's gone, along with the chair.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah they
1: the chair, too. Yeah, right? Chair as well. And then... Another one that's really weird is they say that candles will be taken out of their holder. So if you've got like a long stick candle and a candle Mm -hmm. holder, they'll say they'll come in and the candlesticks will be out of the candle holders. The candle holders won't be turned over. They'll be standing upright, but it's like someone came over, pulled the candlestick out, and set it down. One story goes that an employee came in. She had closed the night before. She came in the next morning and went into her office. And on the fire, the mantle above the fireplace in her office, she had had two candlesticks. The candlesticks were taken out of the holders. They had been knocked down onto the ground. And one of them had been bent into an S shape. Not melted, but like bent into the shape of an S. And another one was bent into the shape of like a boomerang that they say. I think it's an S and a C for Sheriff Corwin. But that's just my thought on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really weird. And he'll do that. And then the other thing about him, because he's a big old asshole, is uh, people have reported feeling choked in the house. And there's a story of one investigative group called Spellbound, I think it's Spellbound Paranormal Society, they went to go tour the house, and it was one of their first investigations, and it was a duo team that was there, a man and a female, and... They separated and the woman was upstairs setting up equipment and the man was supposed to go downstairs to the basement and set up a camera and a microphone down there. Well, time went by and the woman upstairs realized like he's been gone for a really long time. I don't know where he is. And so she was searching the house for him and she finally ended up down at the basement and she found him on the floor of the basement curled up in a fetal position like writhing in pain and it was visible that like he was trying to scream and get words out and breathe and he couldn't and as soon as she got there and she like picked him up and like helped him out of the basement he was able to breathe but he said that he went down to the basement and started setting up the microphone and almost as soon as he was down there it felt like something hit him in the back and then it felt like to like knock him over and then it just felt like someone was choking him and choking the air out of him and he couldn't scream for help he couldn't do anything he's just stuck down there in the basement and she says that after she pulled him out and he was telling her what happened she could see visible bruising on his neck from where something had apparently strangled him and that apparently happened in the basement which if you remember that's, that's where, where his body is mr the strangler uh, was laid to not so rest. So, Mr. The Strangler. Mr. The Strangler. Um, so, that's his story. And then the other interesting ghost that's rumored to be there, and it goes back and forth when I was searching on who that old man in the cl- in the chair that took his chair and left. <laughs> if it's. <laughs>
0: the guy you know, the guy who took his took chair sh- and he
1: left. Chair and got the fuck out. Some people say that's the sheriff. And then other people say that it is the ghost of Giles Corey, our good old. You know The Crucible? Oh. Every time people talk about this story, they tell that, because he's a real guy, and they talk about Giles Corey, and I'm like, and no one mentions The Crucible. I'm like, no one mentions The Crucible? That's where I know this guy from? But anyway, so Giles Corey um, was a husband whose wife was accused of being a witch during the witch fever, witch hunt, and he's a prick, and he even testified against her. After a while, saying, Well, you know what? Come to think she of was it, weird like sometimes when she, she doesn't was, want to perform yeah, her wifely
0: duties. When she
1: was upset, like you know, it would rain sometimes, so like that's gotta be witchcraft. Sure, why not? So they end up killing his wife, um, and then lo and behold, they're like, Well, you know what? If your wife was a witch, you must be you a witch too. Was too. So then he gets accused of being a witch, but. On his end, he decides to plead almost like plead the fifth. Basically, he stands by the act of if he doesn't say anything and he doesn't testify for or against himself, they can't move forward with the legal proceedings. So he was hoping to just wait out the witch fever and like have <laughs> everyone calm down. And I'm not going to I'm not going to say nothing. I saw the problem with down. the devil. I'm a chill. I'm a chill. I'm gonna call out. And that's what he was hoping. He was hoping he would just not say anything and that they would forget that did not work. Did you? If you know the crucible, you know that that did not work. Um, He was taken out into a field by good old Sheriff George Corwin, and he was sentenced to be pressed to get a confession out of him. And this is going to get a little graphic, but pressing is exactly what it sounds like, where they will lay you down. They put a wooden board on top of you, and then they put heavy heavy stones on top of your body to squish you like a bug really slowly. Mm -hmm. So he was pressed over days. It took days. He still would not say anything. And it is said that when he would, they'd put more stones on and he wouldn't be able to breathe. And like his tongue would fall out of his mouth that Sheriff Corwin would take a stick and just poke it back into his mouth. And, like, poke his tongue back in there and, like, slap it to, like, have him put his tongue back in his mouth. And he kept saying, you know, what do you confess? Do you confess? Do you confess? And it is said that Giles Corey's last final words were more weight, which, again, is his final line in The Crucible. More weight. It's, like, a big moment. Right, because he's, like, bitch. I'm not. Yeah, but in The Crucible, he's kind of painted as an okay guy, but in real life, he's still a prick. He's
0: still, so right. He's still so like, yeah, sure, she was a witch. Oh, shit. No, <laughs> oh, whoops.
1: More weight. Right? So he... Oh, okay. More And then after they put that final stone on, right before he died, he apparently yelled out a curse onto Sheriff Corwin and said he was a witch and said something along the lines of you know I curse you Sheriff Corwin and all that come after you and then he died yeah and then that bitch died at 30 because he was a little bitch and then he died at 30 and between 1696 to 1991 every single sheriff that presided over Salem had some kind of a weird heart thing that either killed them or forced them to step down from their jobs And it wasn't until, shoot, who's, did I write down crap? the one sheriff anyways one sheriff who had to step down in like 1980 something started looking into it and was the one who found that all of the sheriffs before him either the one right before him had some sort of a like a gambling drama and he had to step down the one before him had heart problems the one before him had heart problems and all of them going all the way back had some sort of an issue and that was and that went until 1991 And at that point, the sheriff's office was moved from Salem to another nearby town. And after that, none of the sheriffs have had any issues. So they think that the curse was lifted once the office was moved out of Salem. And Giles Corey can no longer touch it. What, what? What, what, what? Because he was a fucking witch. He was a fucking witch. So... One final thing for this story is what is the Joshua Wade house up to today? Yeah, of course. So they said it was like a real, it was a realty company for a little while. Well, now in 2019, no, this was in 2015, but now it's it's 2019. (laughs) Aren't you clever? (laughs) In 2015, it was turned on to the Merchant Hotel, and Mm -hmm. now it is a hotel that you can stay at. Of course. But- The people who run the hotel do not want to perpetuate the ghost stories anymore, so they don't let people do investigations. However, I did a little bit of Reddit snooping, because I do like to go under Reddit to get some info. I love Reddit so much that I created a Dead Time Stories Reddit account. So that I could get on and talk with people and get information. And I was doing some research. And one person posted about their experience five months ago. Nice. About the Joshua Ward house. And this was posted in the And That's Why We Drink podcast subreddit. which And That's Why We Drink is one of my other favorite podcasts. Um, And this story is by username Spoopy Fern. Spoopy Fern. Spoopy. Spoopy Fern. Uh, And Spoopy Fern, I asked for permission if I could tell their story, and they said, yes, please nice. go ahead. So I hope that you're listening, and I hope I do it justice. Get us Um I'm not going to tell the entire story, but basically this person and their friend had been talking about go to, going to Salem for years. They listened to the episode of In That's Why We Drink where they talked about the Joshua Ward house, and so they looked it up. They found that it was the hotel, and they were like, fuck yeah, we're going to go stay here. Oh, of course. Get us so boops. On, on the first night, um, they say... My expectations of nothing were met on the first night. I was bummed, but not terribly surprised. The second night, though, I jolted awake in the middle of the night. The bed was shaking. Not a constant tremor, but a few distinct shakes, like someone had grabbed the headboard and physically shook the whole damn thing. I asked my friend if she felt anything, but she was asleep and hadn't noticed or felt anything. Okay, I thought, let's not get excited. Maybe the people next door are doing some vigorous adult-type things. Nothing to write Reddit about. The next day, I made sure to check out the other side of the building from our room and realized that our room backed against the staircase going to the top floor. But hey, still not a confirmation of ghosts, right? Maybe someone arrived super late, and if they were late, doubtless they'd be tired and bump their suitcase a few times, right? Yeah. Right? Uh, And then nothing happened that night or the next, and I sighed and pretty much wrote it all off. So they went four nights. On their... Uh, What did they say? I'm going to skip just a little bit. Walking tours, saying the Joshua Ward house isn't haunted. They said, when we got back to the hotel, we thought we would try to slyly pump the staff for information. And all three staff members we chatted with were very adamant that nothing spooky had ever happened there or was currently happening there and never would happen there. (laughs) Two of them even lamented that they totally love it and think it was cool if something spooky happened. But no, nothing, not even in the basement. The management only (laughs) disallows ghost tours and stuff because who wants to hear a tour group outside their room when they're trying to relax? Also, that iconic and totally not at all creepy-ass photo, so the one of the witch, the people who work at the hotel absolutely stand by the fact that it's faked, that that's not just wild hair, that it's just a Christmas wreath behind a woman's head because that woman's face looks totally normal. That was my little input, that part. Or it was actually just a plot to keep the place from being foreclosed on. There are no ghosts in the Joshua Ward house, dot, dot, dot. So, their last night, it finally happened. She said, we conked out early because we walked like 30 miles that week, and also we were leaving the morning, and also that was a comfy damn bed. My friend woke up before me. She heard the sound of furniture scraping on wood, like whoever was in the room above us was moving their furniture around. You know, like you do in a hotel at midnight. Perfectly normal shit. I woke up when the running started. Heavy footsteps that sounded more like stomping, but at a much quicker pace. Back and forth above us, they went over and over again. Sometimes they would pause for a few moments before starting again, seemingly at random. Sometimes it was like the steps were so heavy, they shook our bed. We both turned to each other with the universal, are you hearing and feeling this shit Uh, look on both of our faces, and yep, we were both experiencing it, and it wasn't just an exercise induced hallucination. Eventually, we tried to go back to sleep, or in my case, stare wide-eyed at the ceiling while tea kettle screaming internally, and after about an hour, the noises and shaking stops. Obviously, the first thing we did when we woke up the next morning was discuss what the fuck happened, and we decided to bring it up to the staff when we checked out, but to try to make it so we could also suss it out if it turned out there wasn't supposed to be anyone in the room above us. Well, it turns out the room above us was indeed occupied by an elderly couple. So, I don't know, maybe Grandma and Grandpa like to party and rearrange furniture and do some late-night calisthenics. Or, maybe the place actually is fucking haunted after all in parentheses hint it's ghosts there's ghosts the place is haunted by ghosts
0: she, yeah she's like it's ghosts.
1: it's ghosts it's ghosts so that's spoopy firm's experience as of five months ago at the joshua ward house aka the merchant hotel in salem massachusetts that is not haunted but also definitely definitely haunted tell it like it is spoopy there you go spoopy, spoopy. i hope
0: spoopy they drink. listen
1: and that's our story. Go look up the picture. Do some research. Go stay there yourself and see if you experience yeah. old people doing calisthenics above you in the middle of the night. Doing
0: it. And bam, bam, then bam.
1: Why not? Why not? Yeah. You got to rearrange it for the feng shui so you can really get the full effectiveness of your calisthenics. Yes. Right. Yes. It's ghosts. It's ghosts. It's ghosts. That we're fucking. Speaking of fucking, Stephanie, you got a fetish five you this know week.
0: You do. Hand me my phone, though. Oh. Um, so, yes, I do have a fetish vibe, and, you know, I try, if I can, to, uh, tie it in to <laughs> what I was talking about, and you're like, how are we going to make that happen? I'm worried. I'm going to talk today about feederism. <laughs> what? Feederism? How do you spell that? F-E-E-D-E-R-I-S-N. Oh,
1: no! Yeah. Yeah. I kind of know about this. It's
0: an underground sexual fetish which involves one partner, the feeder, feeding the other both to obtain sexual arousal and encourage weight gain in the feedee. Feederism can vary in nature from a consensual act between two people who mutually appreciate a larger body type to non-consensual abuse which may involve (gasps) force feeding and bondage and is undertaken with the intention of fattening up the feedee to the point of immobility and total dependence. The weight gains can also vary from a few pounds to hundreds while some feeder relationships are not undertaken with the purpose of weight gain at all, but for the enjoyment of food in an intimate context. Okay um, most feedies, which it's that's because that's like the sub role mm-hmm. um, are are women, bigger women, whilst the feeders tend to be uh, males, although this is not the case, and gay lesbian feeder relationships are not entirely unheard of. And it's not to be confused. I don't like that Wikipedia combines it with fat fetishism
1: because I'm like, this is not the same thing. Like... It's not the same. <laughs> I have seen some of those little like sixty second documentaries, and I think TLC's done one about the the woman who wants to become so 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 big, and her boyfriend is like, "I love it. I feed her every day. I right. got like the beer bong of a smoothie for
0: her. And... He has like a squeegee for like washing her. And, and she... I'm not even like joke. I'm not trying to be like we're not making a joke. I'm out not of making this. a joke. Like, like this the... is right. Like I um... get that
1: they're both into it, but at what point? At what point does it almost become abuse? Right. Even if they're willingly abusing their own bodies, like you're willingly feeding your own grave. So gainers and feedies are people who enjoy the fantasy or
0: reality of gaining weight themselves. Encouragers and feedies enjoy the fantasy of helping someone else gain weight. Gainer and encourager are common labels among gay men, while both straight men and women, as well as lesbian, often identify as feeders and feedies. Gainers and feedies have a wide array of personal weight gain, goals only, 10% of gainers, and 13% of feedies express interest in immobility as a fantasy. That's what I'm like, what?! While, you, gaining, I know, while gaining and feeding are often considered fetishes, many within the gainer and feederism communities report viewing them more as a lifestyle, identity, or sexual orientation. The gay gainer community grew out of the girth and mirth movement no. in the 70s. By 1988, there were gainer specific newsletters, and in 1992, the first gainer event called Encourage Con was held in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Just keep it classy, Pennsylvania. In nineteen ninety six, uh Gain Our Web launched the first website dedicated to gay men into weight gain ushering in the internet era. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was like,
1: yeah, I've seen the videos of the people talking about it and uh, like I said, I feel like it's it's, it's your own it's body. Like I you're allowed it, to do I honestly, it. But... I feel like I would
0: put it out there with like edge play. Where, like that's a kind of play that like you know is dangerous to your health and you could die doing and, it, and
1: you're gonna do it anyway. But you're
0: like, I'm fucking
1: into it. I'm into it. I'm. I just yeah. In a big yeah. way. In a big in way. A, <laughs> bi- in in the how big can I go way? Right. Go big or not leave your house. Which I'm a big girl. Like no shame on the big girls. But like this isn't this big. Is not this that. is.
0: This is this is this is like this is this is out there. I mean, I don't want to yuck your yum, but like that's a lot. That's a lot. But like
1: your health, maybe we should cut back on the yum. I mean, let's not make it like. I mean, all sorts of (laughs) if someone's squeegeeing you,
0: things. (laughs) If someone is is squeegeeing squeegeeing you, you,
1: maybe we should take a step back.
0: Hey, as long as you're not like a burden on my
1: health insurance. (laughs) I love you, honey. You're on your own health insurance,
0: right? Like that's your goal. Like I mean, we're not a
1: liability. Do you have your will? Do we're it. Working up your will. It's none of my damn business.
0: It's not. Like, it's not my freaky. business. But yes, I'm but gonna. You're I'm gonna
1: yuck. You're heavy, um.
0: But you know, ain't nothing wrong with loving a big bitch. But don't feed her to death. You know, that's
1: all I'm saying. Even if she's like, feed me to death, you got to be you like, are like, you sure? Not, girl. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I love you too much.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. There you go. All right, guys. Well, if you want to read more
1: about feederism, Google it your own damn self. Yeah, because <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. We went into it. We're not posting pictures.
0: <sighs> we'll post pictures of the lady in what black. What a life. What a life we lead. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. If you live in Philadelphia and you want to come see my show, tickets are in the episode description.
1: If you live in Philadelphia and you want to come see the improv thing, I mean, okay. That's also there. (laughs) Check it out. Um, Tell your yeah, friends
0: if you like us, hang out. Because in six more episodes, we're gonna bust out that Patreon, you bitches, and then you're gonna have to pay to hang out with and then us. You're gonna have to pay too. So sorry, like, get Colleen. Ready. Sorry about it, Colleen. <laughs> sorry, Colleen. <laughs> I miss Colleen, girl. Where are you at? We're I gonna even see you go in a few stuff. weeks. We love you. We're gonna see you at my show, but like, we gotta hang out again. You're you're fucking dope. You're yeah, really awesome. I you, miss you. We're gonna hang out with you before we make the Patreon. Right? It's gonna happen happen sometime maybe this time so <laughs> that's where you guys can find us <laughs> you can find us on instagram dead time stories all one word with a z if you want to uh email us that's dead time stories with a z all one word at gmail.com if you want to help the show until we launch our patreon in a few weeks the best way you can help us out is by rating our show on itunes preferably five stars yes please rate us on facebook yes. and if you take a picture screenshot it slide it into our dms or shoot us email we'll send you a sticker so yeah get stickers while they're still free
1: get stickers while they're still free (laughs) the countdown (laughs) begins six more episodes (laughs) and then we're gonna charge you um we're gonna lose all of our listeners we're gonna gonna lose everyone um no
0: you could probably still get a sticker we'll see but you got you're gonna miss the exclusive content that's gonna be super dope don't you want more of this shit um Uh, not actual literal shit but maybe
1: maybe you ain't ready y'all you
0: ain't ready it's gonna be so cool
1: i don't think you're ready for this, this gel- podcast Dodge jelly i don't think you're ready, ready for, for this shit. bowel movement i don't think you're ready for this bm i don't think you're, you're ready, ready for, for
0: this <laughs> <laughs> for <clears> throat> throat> that was good we that haven't done good. that joke in a while know, it's been a minute i'm so sorry i'm stephanie i'm sarah And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Plop. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Hedins and Stephanie C. Furnison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.